People are beginning to talk a lot about how AI is going to transform society. If we simply Google transformative AI, we get 9,060,000 results. The top 10 results are all for transformative.ai, which is a startup that's trying to transform healthcare by using deep learning. If we do a Google image search for transformative AI, the top results are all still for transformative.ai. So this tells us that perhaps not many people are speaking about transformative AI verbatim. So if we remove transformative.ai from the search results, we still get 7.8 million results. And from these results, we get pages that talk about the uh, power of transformative AI and how AI is transforming society and business. Two of these results are from um, Deloitte and PricewaterhouseCoopers, and we see other results from um, organizations such as McKinsey or um, the Brookings Institute. So we see that powerful players are interested in the transformative impacts of AI. If we do a Google search for transformative AI without the term transformative.ai, we see more results that show us that other organizations are interested in the transformative power of AI and how AI is already transforming business and society. The next result on that previous search was for Andrew Ng's AI Transformation Playbook. This is an effort by Andrew Ng that is intended to help organizations transform their business into an AI-driven enterprise. It's an, um, the first sentence of the playbook reads, AI technology is now poised to transform every industry just as electricity did in the 100 years ago. So this is a good analogy because in some ways it's similar to the analogies that we're using in the EA community to describe transformative AI. If we go back to the original image search that's unfiltered, we see um, there's a, one of the top terms is forecasting. And so if we click on this term, we see results from my previous work on forecasting transformative AI. These are actually the only results that I was able to find out of the 7.8 million search results for transformative AI that were related to the AI strategy community. So that's how much people in the general population are talking about transformative AI. But what are we saying in the EA community, in the AI strategy community? Here we see four definitions of transformative AI. Karnofsky describes it as comparable to or more significant than the agricultural or industrial revolutions. Defoe describes it as radical changes in welfare, wealth, or power. Zhang and Defoe describe it to be as profound as the Industrial Revolution. And I, in an earlier work, defined it as AI capable of replacing humans for greater than, for 50% or greater um, of economically feasible work. 
Most of these definitions are not well-defined. It's not clear exactly what's meant by transformative. And some of them would imply societal transformation only seen before in the agricultural or industrial revolutions. Previous work has considered smaller levels of transformation associated with social change from advanced technologies. Eras broke the Industrial Revolution down into five separate technological transformations. We've identified general-purpose technologies associated with each of these levels of transformation, which are seen in the far right column of this table. By general-purpose technologies, we mean technologies that can affect the entire economy. So, in the table, we can see that the first technological transformation was driven by steam power. The second was driven by factories and railroads. The third was driven by electricity and the internal combustion engine. The fourth, by mass production. And the fifth, by computers and the internet. Now, these technolog technological transformations were proposed 20 years ago. So they might, may not be 100% relevant now, given the societal transformation since then. But they do clearly illustrate the significance of individual general purpose technologies and clusters of general purpose technologies on society. Notice that we see electricity being associated with a technological transformation. So maybe Andrew Ng's analogy isn't too bad. Now, I'm going to attempt to more clearly define transformative AI. The introduction illustrated how the term transformative AI is being used differently by different groups. Many in the general public perceive AI transformation to be occurring already giving existing AI technologies while those in the EA community see transformative AI to be something akin to a more dramatic change that has only been seen in things like the agricultural or industrial revolutions. We've identified several elements of what it takes for a technology to be transformative. These elements fall into two broad categories, indicators and dimensions. Indicators of transformative change are lock-in or irreversible change and anomalous patterns and metrics. The most important of these is lock-in or irreversibility. By this we mean when some technology becomes so widely used for a certain application in society that it becomes difficult or perhaps even impossible to, go, like, to change paths. One example of lock-in is nuclear weapons. When nuclear weapons were demonstrated and used, this changed the nature of great power conflicts fundamentally. And we cannot go back to, like, it's irreversible. We can't go back to the time before that. Another significant indicator, and particularly for more extreme examples of transformative change, is anomalous patterns and metrics used to measure human progress. This can be thought of as discontinuities in the rate of change of metrics, such as the gross domestic product or life expectancy. Such changes have only been seen before in the agricultural revolution or industrial revolution.
We further propose three dimensions of transformative change. These are extremity, generality, and fundamentality. The most important of these is extremity, or the magnitude of transformative change. Another important dimension is generality, or the degree to which changes impact a variety of aspects of life and society. And the final dimension is fundamentality, or the degree to which changes impact fundamental aspects of how people live and work. Given these indicators and dimensions, we can now broadly define transformative AI as AI technology that leads to irreversible change to some important aspect or aspects of society. We can also distinguish different levels of transformation based on the proposed dimensions, the most important of which is extremity. Furthermore, we believe that it is very important to distinguish among two broad cases of societal transformation. The first we consider simply as transformative AI, or AI that leads to societal change comparable to that precipitated previously by an individual general-purpose technology or by clusters of general-purpose technologies. So examples of this would be nuclear power or the internal combustion engine or electricity. The second we consider to be radically transformative AI, or AI that leads to societal change comparable to that precipitated by the agricultural or industrial revolutions. Examples of this would be comprehensive AI services, human-level artificial intelligence, or superintelligence. Here is a figure that is picks historical examples of transformative technologies and their AI analogs. In the center, we have transformative technologies, and on the right, we have radically transformative scenarios. These are all depicted on an axis of extremity. On the low end of the extremity scale, we can think of nuclear power and nuclear weapons. A possible analog for existing AI technology would be drone swarms or slaughterbots. Nuclear weapons have changed the nature of great power conflicts, and slaughterbots or other lethal autonomous weapons have the potential to do the same. In the middle of the spectrum, we can think of the internal combustion engine, and a possible analog for existing AI technology may be the ubiquitous use of learning algorithms. So, if in 10 years we have a learning algorithms that are capable, that are being used ubiquitously in all Internet of Things devices and throughout all aspects of the economy, we might perceive that to be a level of change that's equivalent to what we saw with the internal combustion engine. And at the high end of the spectrum, we can think of electricity. A passable analog here is widely practical deep reinforcement learning. So, if we were to see advances in deep reinforcement learning, practical deep reinforcement learning, that were on the level of what we've seen with deep reinforcement learning for video games and games, we might think of that sort of change as equivalent to what we've seen uh, or what the sort of social change that we saw um, with electricity. 
And finally, at the extreme end of the spectrum, we have the agricultural and industrial revolutions. Potential analogs here are those previously mentioned, such as human-level AI, comprehensive AI services, or superintelligence. So I'm going to briefly discuss and make some conclusions. Some of the points we would like to make here are that transformative AI is likely to proceed radically transformative AI. If we don't manage transformative AI properly, this could greatly exacerbate risks from the transition to radically transformative AI. Also, transformative AI poses catastrophic and existential risks of its own. For example, lethal autonomous weapons could increase risks from, of nuclear great power conflicts. Even less catastrophic cases of increased conflict would likely exacerbate risks of mismanaging the transition to radically transformative AI. In conclusion, we feel strongly that, moving forward, our discussions about transformative AI should be specific to the levels of transformation described here, a spectrum of significant to dramatic levels of societal transformation, but, the levels, but levels that are less than those associated with the agricultural or industrial revolutions. We further believe that the term radically transformative AI should be reserved for conversations about with about the potential of societal transformation on the extreme levels associated with the agricultural or industrial revolutions. We believe that shifting the conversation this way can help us to have more productive conversations about resource allocation by enabling us to prioritize both transformative AI and radically transformative AI rather than just for focusing on the most extreme scenario while ignoring other transformative scenarios which also have significant potential to impact the long-term well-being of humanity. Um, there's a lot of points that you, in your talk that I really agree with. I especially like the GPT analogy. I especially like the way you're trying to push the discussion so that people have a separation between radically transformative AI and transformative AI and sort of recognize that one is likely to precede the, precede the other. Um, I think it might be, I suppose, a bit more interesting to maybe poke at the few places where I think I disagree slightly. Okay. So I might go through like a few questions or, or possible objections. So one thing I'm a bit curious about is um, I think it's the... You draw a distinction between transformative and radically transformative, where you know industrial revolution is given as an example of something that's radically transformative, and electricity, you know, example of something that's merely transformative. Um, but I think it's actually there's maybe an interesting point. I think along the dimensions you gesture at, so generalness, extremeness, and fundamentalness of change. I think there's some sense in which electricity may have been sort of stronger in those dimensions. So I think if you look at you know, economic history and look at you know, how quickly did technology change in the course of people's lifetimes, how much did people's living standards rise over a short period of time, um, did the technology like, hit both factories and like, homes and military technology, it seems like there's a lot of ways in which maybe electricity actually sort of, um, kind of outcompeted the, the steam engine in that sense. Like, I think a lot of economic historians point that the period you know, 1850 to 1900 is especially transformative. So I think about what's sort of special about the Industrial Revolution, I actually think about one of the things that you gestured at as an indicator as opposed to a core dimension of transformative change. It seems like the thing that's sort of interesting about the Industrial Revolution to some extent um, is that it was really basically unprecedented, that lots of things were changing very, very slowly. Before the Industrial Revolution, living standards were relatively flat. 
technology was like relatively similar one generation to the next. And then the pace of change like picked up quite a bit. And it became maybe even faster and more radical like later on. But I think maybe the fact that it was a pivot point is really the key distinguishing feature of the Industrial Revolution in my mind. And maybe that's the, the thing to focus on for transformative, radically transformative AI as well, is not just a transformation that's quite large, but a transformation that's very anomalous given what's been already happening. So it's something that would catch policymakers off guard in a sense if it were to happen. Like an anomaly in the metrics. Yeah, exactly. So I think you gesture at it as an um, indicator of transformative change, but I think I'm inclined to think that might be one of the most important aspects of distinguishing features is the anomalousness. I, I think that's an indicator of radically transformative mm-hmm. change. I think the most important indicator of basic mm-hmm. transformative change is just lock-in. And then we have the other indicator there because mm-hmm. it's really kind of the, the indicator of the radical transformation. Yeah, so I think I might also push back against that a bit. So I think um, when I think of like what's the most transformative technologies that have happened, it does seem to me like there are many technologies that have to some extent locked in that'd be hard to sort of go back. So, you know, ball bearings are a technology, for example, that didn't exist that long ago. And I think it'd be really hard to go back to a time when we didn't have ball bearings or like just remove ball bearings from all the objects. But I'm not really that inclined to treat it as, um, you know, too, too fundamental. Or, um, yeah, I think there's probably many things in this, this sort of genre where, it's something we're probably going to continue to have for quite some time. Like glass would also probably be something that's hard to go back, but it doesn't seem to fall into this category. So I think I, I'm inclined to think that, um, although you gesture at it, that these sort of pivot points might be the especially interesting thing, as opposed to the, the irreversibility or even necessarily the sort of generality. Um, I suppose something I'm also kind of interested to ask you about is, um, so you give these sort of high-level categories of sort of things to look at. I'm curious whether you have any sense of what sort of concrete metrics we might use to try and sort of make this even more precise or sort of check whether a transformation has happened. No, that's a good question, yeah. though. I mean, I think a lot about, like, metrics for measuring progress mm-hmm. um, and social metrics and, like, technological metrics. Um, but no, I mean, I can't think of any other than, than the primary metrics used for measuring human progress. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so, so I guess one that occurred to me a bit is um, so productivity growth is potentially one that I know is brought up a lot in the context of the general purpose technology literature. Mm-hmm. So that, for example, when um, um, people talk about the impact of electricity or information technology, they often sort of when they try and target it, like when did the impact become quite large, they point at these sort of productivity waves that happen. So in the 90s, there was a surge in productivity, and I believe the 30s, there was a surge in productivity with like electricity. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that might so be one like interesting thing to look at. Yeah. The Schubiter cycles. Yeah. Um, and I think just last question I'd be sort of interested in probing a bit is um, what you sort of view as the most um, sort of important way to apply these concepts. So one concern I have is... Um, it seems like there's lots of ways in which they're quite useful. So it's quite useful to try and like, give people a sense of the magnitude of changes that might happen. Like This might look like this thing that's happened in history. But when I think about forecasting, and I imagine someone in an analogous situation in the past, for example, trying to forecast uh, transformative steam power or transformative electricity, mm-hmm. I sort of imagine them struggling to target like, you know, what exactly does this mean and sort of communicate what like, you know, 10 years until transformative steam power like, would actually sort of gesture at. So I'm kind of curious... Yeah, I guess what you view as like um, the limits or applications of the concept for both communication and forecasting. I mean, I think for communication, they help us really in the resource allocation problem and in defining what priorities we should focus on um, and how we should 
allocate resources for those priorities. And forecasting, I think that they help us to look at nearer-term things that could perhaps precipitate or um, greatly increase the speed at which we approach radically transformative AI. And I think that, in general, it's much more difficult to forecast the discontinuities, like in um, metrics for measuring human progress, and that it's much easier to um, foresee things like the steam engine, because if somebody was working on developing, like like for a plane example, for for like flight, people were working on that for 30 years. And even though the Wright brothers have said that three years before they didn't know whether it was possible, maybe we could look back now and see that progress was being made. And maybe we can look at like, use the same sort of perspective to look at the progress we're making right now in artificial intelligence and to see that we might be on the cusp of something that's like a general purpose technology. Or we might even already be there. All right. Thank you. Great. Thank you both. Um, we have one question from the audience. And uh, I'll direct this to you, Ross, but Ben, if you have thoughts, I'd love to hear them as well. Um, so are there any present indicators that current level AI capabilities could be close to becoming transformative? So some of the examples that we gave were for existing AI technologies. And you can say that those are transformative AI technologies on the lower level of the extremity scale. So, for example, um, lethal autonomous weapons can be, in some degrees, um, considered transformative. They don't have a very uh, fundamental change um, on society, but their effects are very general, and they ha um, have like a moderately extreme effect. So they could change potentially forever the nature of warfare and great power conflicts. So that's um, an example of transformative AI that is possibly already existing. Yeah, I think. Um, um, great. Yeah, I think um, just in terms of metrics, um, I think one decent one to look at as well is just investment levels, because there's at least some indication that a number of different people think that will produce a lot of value relatively soon. Um, which, you know, people may be wrong about it, but at least suggest that lots of relatively smart people with lots of resources think there might be transformations in the like, foreseeable future. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you both. Um, Ross has office hours from 4.30 to 5 in the Queen Vault room if anyone wants to follow up further. Um, and we will end there. Thank you both so much.